Alicia was a sleepy fortified city sitting atop Mount Oxius in modern-day France. The year was 52 BC, and the Gallic tribes of the Mandubi were likely enjoying the beautiful autumn weather of September. The next thing they knew, the 60,000 soldiers of the Gallic army led by Vercingetorix were taking refuge within the walls of the city, and the Roman army, led by Julius Caesar, were outside the gates, preparing to begin likely the most insane battle of human history. This week on Cheeky Tales, we cover the historic Battle of Alesia. Hello, boy. How you doing, boy? Hi, boy. I hope you're going to leave that enormous breath in. Just You just went, hey, <laughs> Yep. Got to take a lot of breaths to get the energy and gusto we need for this podcast, boy. How are you, boy? I'm tired as heck, boy. Why are you tired, boy? I am an international businessman. <laughs> First international trip. You just returned yesterday. Yep. 12, not 12 hours ago, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very long week, but I'm happy. And this is our first internationally written podcast. It's a long two weeks because the week before that you moved. I did. Welcome to our new state of the art recording studio. Mm. It's my living room in a different place. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You've had a busy two weeks then. Oh, a busy month and a half, really. Off a move and then into an international business trip. International businessman. Yeah. Um, Yeah, life's good though. I've done nothing. Yeah. I've I've got nothing to report. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I've been all over the place. You've just been hanging out. Yep. Yep. Playing Pokemon. Thanks for for helping me move. Appreciate that. No worries. Mm. Um, Yeah, so- this is an episode that I wrote from a hotel room, so hopefully it's good. Could be. How many business drinks were you? Did you have while writing? I had it? had one business drink. Okay. Yeah, I was averaging two business drinks. Not really. I was so tired. Yeah. So we're covering. Uh, now you said, is it the Gaelic army? Gaelic. It Gaelic. is. It's the Gauls. Yeah, the Gauls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is a like asterisk noblex. What? They were Gauls. Were they? Is that how that is said? Asterisk gobelix? Asterisk and yeah. obelisk. Okay. Sure. I think they were Gauls. Well they were always fighting the Romans. You know, if we had a um if we had a, a producer, they'd look that up for us. Mm. <laughs> Apply within. Send it to uh a pain at bigpond.com.au. <laughs> yeah, that's not it. No, I don't, I don't care. We do actually have a Cheeky Tales podcast uh, email address. Oh, yeah. uh, it is not manned. Don't send anything there. Yeah, okay. I'll see it in six months. So no resumes for producers? Oh, look. I think we could find one if we wanted okay, to. Fair enough. <laughs> Rope bring in. <laughs> Sean's probably screaming now. I'll do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, let's get stuck in. Do you think, boy? Think it's time? Oh, yeah. I think it's time. I know you're busy watching the cricket. No, no, no. I'm, you have my undivided attention. Yeah, until there's a wicket. Until there's a wicket. <laughs> uh, so, let's get stuck in. Let's um, siege the day. Good one. Good one. Very and, topical. And there listen, is a siege. Listen to your cheeky tail. Mm. That's probably the best pun you've done, boy. Is that the only reason you like that? Got nothing to do with a certain football team that has oh, that maybe, same motto. Maybe, maybe it's got a little bit of a little bit to do I'm with surprised, the surprised Tampa Bay. I'm, I'm surprised you picked that up. A little bit of Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. No, I do like that. <laughs> Choose your fighter. So, what were these two armies squabbling over anyway? Huh. Well, let's start with Mister Salad himself, leaving the civilization that brought us those six sandals. 
Salad. You mean Julius Caesar? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Romans were an absolute powerhouse. Just before the barrage of comments, I understand the salad is named for the little, uh, for the Caesar's Palace uh, Casino where that was made. And I- is this Caesar's Casino named after Julius Caesar? Yeah, probably. So you can draw that conclusion. Yeah, but I, the first thing I'm going to get is like 37 comments. Just like, he's named for the casino, not for Julius Caesar, (laughs) you dumbass. I do know that. Okay. So, the Romans were an absolute powerhouse in the old world. You've probably heard of them. Mm -hmm. It's because they had roads. They did have uh, roads. My script has just disappeared. Go off your memory. And we're back. Um, And at this time, they were establishing their legacy as possibly the most badass civilization of history. They were feared for their military prowess, known for their professionalism in battle. Mm-hmm. The legions. Mm, legionnaires. legionnaires. Leg- legions of legionnaires. Yeah. It, like, hearing about the Romans, it's bonkers that they ever went away. Like, I guess they. I guess you could say they almost had the first tank as well. Mm. When all, they all turtle up and they- Yeah. They were not the only ones to the do top. that. No. Mm. Spoiler alert, the Gauls do it in this. Yeah, I think yeah. the Spartans did it as well. Mm. But not as like, because they had those long rectangular shields. Like yeah. they made like, it was, everything was covered. Yeah. It's said that they would never take a truce from training, no matter whether they were at war or not. Their weapon of choice was the gladius, a short blade designed for stabbing rather than slashing, which the Romans would use with ruthless efficiency to rupture organs and bleed out their enemies. Lovely. Leading the Romans, of course, the main man himself, Julius Caesar. We'll leave most of the details on his life to a future episode. You're welcome, Adam. I'm not stealing your episode. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> but it's important to know that he was considered a tactical genius in warfare and had the unwavering support of his men. He did also have a reputation as a bald whoremonger due to his inconsistent aversion for cheating on his wife. Aversion? But he liked cheating on his wife. Yeah, okay. Uh, and his with, bald head. As, with as Cleopatra. Well. Yes, he did cheat on his wife. Sorry, Adam. With Cleopatra. <laughs> Just giving spoilers out on his episode. <laughs> not spoilers, teasers. Teasers. Okay, thank you. Yeah, not that part, uh, the bald hormongering is not really important to the story at all, but it's a little a little seasoning. Drop a little, little seasoning. little seasoning little on Caesar? See- <laughs> Caesar-ning. Yes, there you go, Caesar-ning. Good. Look at you, you're on fire today. <laughs> <laughs> You've been off gallivanting around the world. I've just, oh, I've got him. Got him, go on, piss you, off, you're out. You've been off gallivanting around the world, man. I've just been at home working on my puns. Gallivanting around the world. I went to Australia Light. <laughs> you went next door. <laughs> I, said this, I said this in the car with the other guy while we were driving around. I was like, you know what? You know what New Zealand is? It's like Aldi Australia, where all the brands are recognisable, but they're not the brand that you know. What's their tagline? Same, but different. <laughs> yeah, it's like Woolworths is Countdown, but it's still got the Woolworths W logo. Yeah, right. And so, like, everything, everything's Woolworths, but it's Countdown. I'm like- just call it Woolworths. Woolworths. Yeah. Okay. And then Pet Barn is called Animates, but it's the exact same colouring and all the logos are all the same. Like, Why do companies do that? Just I have it the same. Yeah. Like you would think that having an international brand. Saying that, we'll give props to Target who have just done that. Yeah. And Tar- Kmart. Target a Target. Yep. Good on them. Good job, Target. Mm. We expect your check in the mail. When I shop for household items that are not super expensive, you know where I shop, boy? Kmart. I <laughs> got him. <laughs> on the other side, we've got the Gauls, who were a Celtic race that covered areas in modern-day France, Belgium, Germany, and northern Italy. They were a combination of tribes working together to further their own interests. 
They already had history with the Romans, having sacked Rome in 390 BCE. The Romans called them barbarians, which is probably mostly related to this history, which is just a bit bitchy. They were also the bad guys in the Tower of King Arthur, are they not? Um, Sure. Yeah, I've read that right. or heard of it. I don't know. Producer, look that up, thanks. Yeah. Oh, there's no one there. Oh, damn. The Gauls were known for blades that were used for slashing rather than stabbing, so the opposite of the Romans. They would slash powerfully at the neck, often decapitating their enemies. They were also known for fighting in the nude. Fear can have an effect on the body, and so can battle. And so often the Gauls would come into battle fully barred up, which I'm sure is a complete distraction for anyone they're up against. Um, well, I'm glad they're the slashing swords, because I'd, yeah. ha- I'd hate to be in the nude against an enemy that has a yeah, slashing slasher. sword, because that'd be the yeah. first thing I'd be going for. That's it. <laughs> what are you going to do now, mate? Yeah. Just imagine, though, like you're going into war and the other side's like, hold on, we've just got to take our clothes off. We're <laughs> just going to strip. Yeah. And then they're slapping it around trying to get barred up. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't think it was necessary for okay. them to be. <laughs> That's not part of the war. <laughs> they're just on the other side just screaming. Ah! Just oh, Jesus. Yeah, no, not necessary for it. Okay. But they would do it. Yeah. Okay, sure. Mm. The Romans have been trying to expand their territory northward from modern-day Italy into the areas the Gauls inhabited in the south of France during the period of the 200s BCE to the 50s so BCE. were the Romans trying to erect structures? They were trying to... Um, um, yeah, sure. That's better. <laughs> Pump it up. Um, <laughs> Pump up their numbers. Caesar would be regularly coming up against the Gauls with the two consistently squabbling over their land. Sick of all the war, the Gauls would decide to convene a council to determine if there was a leader among them that could take the fight to Caesar. They would eventually elect a man named Vercingetorix, who would prove himself in battle as the most worthy adversary in Caesar's career as the leader of Rome. Vercingetorix would immediately piss Caesar off, with the Gauls killing every Roman citizen in the Gallic city of Senembum, with other Gaul cities following suit not long after. Caesar would go on the hunt, along with 60,000 men, to punish Vercingetorix and the Gauls, eventually chasing them into the walled town of Alesia in September of 52 BCE. So yeah, this guy takes over and he's like, all right, time to show them what's what. Yep. Kill every Roman in that town. And so they just did it. That's Slaughtered brutal. them all. That yeah. is brutal. I'm getting a lot of um, St. Olga vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty common around that time, isn't mm. it? Um, but yeah, there's a bit of that in there. Like, we'll- We'll get there. Okay. What the heck was up with Alicia anyway? Mm, cool name. Yeah, it's a cool name for a town, isn't yeah. it? Alicia. Yep. Yeah. Alicia was a stronghold on top of a hill with a wall surrounding the whole thing. There were rivers that ran alongside the city to the north and south, as well as a large open plain to the west. The east was mountainous. They had planes back then? Ah. Yeah, 737s. Yep, nice. Um, but it was open. Open cockpit. Yeah, you just get in. Okay. Very windy. Cool. Um, hard to breathe up there. Uh, the east was mountainous and not suitable to combat, so you couldn't get through that way. So if you're picturing it in your head, mm-hmm. above and below, river on the left, big open plain, wall around the city in the middle. In Caesar's own words, the town would be impregnable aside from a siege. Caesar was known for fast and decisive action in battle. What? Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. Okay, I'm with you now. Impregnable. Yeah. Barred up. Yeah. There's a joke there. Yeah. I think we're above that. Okay. No, we're not. Caesar was known for fast and decisive action in battle, and this would not be any different. 
Gazing out from his position inside Elysia, Vercingetorix must have been wondering what the heck he'd gotten himself into. Because outside the town, the Romans were using their engineering prowess to build a 10-mile wall outside and around the walled city of Elysia. The town was now like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Two rings, baby! <laughs> so you got the, the town wall and then they've started building another wall. Yeah, so How the far Romans- away from- uh, It was like- maybe a mile or something like there's this, there's the big open plain. So they've built the wall around the plain, the cliff face or something up to, yeah, all the way around. Um, So there's like mountains. It's kind of like it's hilled. So Mm -hmm. it's up a hill. So there's hills either side of the rivers as well. So they built it like around all that. Um, So yeah, they've built themselves the plain to be in Mm -hmm. and then they've built this wall. No, They've built there on the plane. They've built the wall around the outside of the wall. Yep. And left the plane for them to be in. Yep. So this is, are you, I'm assuming you're, you are going to get into this, but this is not for their protection. They're walling them in? Yes. Okay. So they're making it so that nobody can get in or out. Mm-hmm. It's essentially like a really intense version of a siege. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a Age of Empire strategy that you could do. You could do wall up. Wall yeah. up the enemy base. They can't get out, get resources. Yeah. Um, it does sound like something you do in a game, right? Like mm-hmm. just build a wall around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The wall built by the Romans encompassed the entire outside of the walls as well as the plane. Well, no, not as well as the plane, but you know. The Romans wouldn't just build the wall though. They would also dig a 20-foot trench circling the town. Then outside that, a V-shaped 15-foot trench as well as a 15-foot V-shaped moat outside that. So they've got the town. So and now then there's, there's four rings. Five a, rings. A 20-foot trench, yeah, mm-hmm. and then a 15-foot V-shaped trench, and then a 15-foot moat. moat, and then the walls. That's a lot of manpower. Yeah. How long has this taken? Like Quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was also a smattering of hidden pits full of sharpened poles dotting the area between all these obstacles. Ooh, spike pits. Yes. Um, what do they call them? Um, I was trying to think of the word. All I could think of was a spike pit. Yeah. It's in- um, They're in um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. They're like a, they're an instrument of war and they're in, they're like called Gunji or Punji or something. Yeah, Punji. Yeah, Punji Trap. Punji Trap. Punji, yeah. punji Stick. That's it. Or a Punji Steak is a type of a booby-trapped steak made out of wood or bamboo, which is sharpened and heated. Yeah, Punji Pit. Hmm. The wall itself was 12 foot high with, a wa- with the wall uh, dotted around the bottom with sharpened sticks to stop anyone mounting the wall to begin with. Made with the corpses of dead Gauls? Not yet. Vercingetorix, sensing the fact that he was being caged up like a rat, would make attempts to stop the Romans from constructing the wall. The Gauls would send out a cavalry into the plain to attempt to break through. They wouldn't make much ground though, with Caesar sending in the German troops. The German troops were so vicious that the Gauls would retreat so fast uh, that some would abandon their horses, and the speed at which they stormed back through the city gates would freak Vercingetorix out so much that he closed the gates causing those who hadn't made it back in to be slaughtered by the German troops. Ooh. So, yeah, they're like, uh, let's get out of here. And he goes, nah, closes the gates. And so then they're all just like piled up against the gates, yeah, murdered in the back. Wow. Yeah, messed up. And this is just the beginning. Vercingetorix would sense what was happening and would decide that he needed to do something a little sneaky to try and get some help. So in the middle of the night, he, he gathered up all the pigeons. 
and tied <laughs> sulfur to their legs. And set so. them on fire. <clears throat> yeah. Um, he'd get his cavalry together and sneak them out past the Roman lines during the construction at night, um, asking them to return to their tribes and recruit as many people as possible to return in a relief army. They'd wanted to finish the war once and for all with the size of this relief army. Mm-hmm. They would successfully recruit 8,000 cavalry and 240,000 infantry. Oh, that's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. A so lot you've of got people. a quarter of a million troops coming along to be the relief army yeah. to yeah. try and break the 60,000 strong Roman army. And how many were inside the town, did you say? Uh, I think it was like 8,000. Yeah. No, right. no, I think it was 6,000. Um, well, 2,000 just got murdered at the gate. Yeah, rip. No, it was 20,000, sorry. Yeah, it was right. 20,000. Okay. Um, with, yeah. So, quarter of a million troops come mm-hmm. rolling up behind the Romans. Yep. So, they're coming up to get to the Romans who are outside the wall. Oh, snap. Except they're not because they built another freaking wall oh, so outside themselves. So, now the, the Romans are in a siege. They're yeah. trapped inside of the so plane. You've got a siege they're onion. Tra- they're trapped inside the 737. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, this, there's the, the wall Siege city. onion. <laughs> It's layers, man. Layers. layers. It's like a siege cake. <laughs> um, so yeah, you got the walled city on the inside with the the Gauls inside. Then mm-hmm. you've got all the traps, and then the wall outside that. And then you've got the Romans, and then you've got another freaking wall. wall. They get all the stone for this wall. I don't know. Like it, uh, how? It's pretty impressive to not only hold the siege long enough to build the walls. There's no machinery. There's no. How, yeah. How is this happening? And they would have had to hand dig a twenty foot yeah. trench. I guess when you've got 60,000 troops, like, you can probably just- they got nothing else to do. Yeah. The siege within a siege. Within the city of Alicia, there were obviously some issues. The city normally had a 30-day supply of food. Oh, this has been going longer than 30 days, surely. The two walls to be built and trenches and stuff. This is, this is going on 12 months. Mm. And with an addition- Okay, so I got the number totally wrong before. It's 60,000 calls. Okay, with 60,000. With another- um, 20,000 normal occupants. Yep. So you've got 80,000 inside the wall. Inside the town. And then you've got 60,000 Romans. Yeah. And then 240,000. Plus 8,000 cavalry. 250,000 cavalry coming So up. there's a lot of people there's in this place. There's a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, the food, so with that 80,000 people, the food supply was running low. In an attempt to allow the citizens to escape and keep their remaining food for the soldiers, Vercingetorix would come up with a plan to let the citizens of Elysia free. He would send anyone who couldn't, who couldn't fight mostly women and children, out into the field between the Gauls and the Romans so that they could attempt to make their way past. Caesar, predictably, didn't want anything to do with that and told the Elysians to piss off back to where they came from. Vercingetorix said the same thing when they returned to the city and so the roughly 3,000 people that had been allowed to leave the city walls were left to starve to death between them. Oh, jeez. Being a civilian back in this time would have sucked. It's just... I'm just trying to get this mental image. You've got inside the town, you've got a bunch of people. Now there's a bunch of people on that first ring. And yeah. then there's the Romans on that ring. And then around that one, there's yeah. another bunch of people. There's like four different groups of people here. Yeah. And they're all just like onioning out, yeah. like bigger and bigger each time. Um, yeah. So these poor people, they're like, hey, just the Romans will let you through. Like they they will let you through. It's fine. And they're like, okay. Romans are like, not a chance. Back in you go. And they get back into the town that they live in. Yeah. They were there first, yeah. Yeah, and the, the guy that's holding it's like, no, die. <laughs> like That's terrible. I know. The Gauls would start to get desperate, and even though there were reinforcements that were outside the Roman walls, they decided the best thing that they could do 
was a night raid. So they actually couldn't coordinate with them mm-hmm. because they couldn't get any messages out. So they've got this 250,000 people outside. Pigeons, man, pigeons. Yeah, well, I guess maybe the Romans were shooting the pigeons down. That's a pretty good shot. Yeah, with an arrow. Yeah. Then again, if they had pigeons, the pigeons, you have to get them there to begin with. Yeah. Because homing pigeons don't just fly somewhere. They I have know. to go back to where they came from. I just like the image of like, wait, there's a messenger pigeon and they just start shooting Shunk. arrows. Yeah. Get the AA guns happening. <laughs> Anti-aircraft for a pigeon. <laughs> On the end of the arrow is like a little explosive, you know, like the flak. Goes yeah. Up. <laughs> Jeez. We could make a movie here. Well, this story should be a movie. I can't believe it hasn't been already. Um, so, yeah, they used wicker hurdles to get over the pit traps. So they put down like wicker mm-hmm. things to get over. Ladders for the trenches and grappling hooks to remove the spikes on the bottom of the wall. So they come with gadgets mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, let's." so they're getting over the pit traps. They're climbing over the trenches. It's a legion full of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would also fire arrows into the Roman lines to keep them distracted as they were doing this. So they're just like shunking arrows at them the whole time. Once at the wall, though, they still had to climb it. And waiting at the top of the wall were the Roman legionnaires. As you can imagine, a lot of Gauls got straight up stabbed in the top of the head. And by the morning, the wall was slick with blood. And the Gauls had not had not had not achieved anything. And they're climbing up the wall naked. Um, I don't know whether these <laughs> troops were naked, but let's say yeah, sure. Sure. They got nude, blood-covered men climbing up <laughs> and then getting stabbed in the top of the head. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Imagine how bad that would smell. Oh, it'd be terrible. Oh, and like the ancient world would have smelt terrible to begin with, <laughs> but then you've got all these dead bodies, corpses, and- out in the sun. Yeah. Oh, gross. The reinforcements outside were also looking for a way to help their Gaul brothers and had found a weak spot in the Romans' wall. A steep hill on which they hadn't been able to construct the wall had left an opening if they were willing to climb it. So on the northern side, there was like a really steep hill and so the Romans had just kind of not bothered to build a wall there for some reason. <laughs> um, so if, the, if these Gauls could get up through there, they could come around the side and get in through the, between the walls to get to the Romans. Um, they would plan to distract the Romans by attacking from the western side or f- attacking from the west, so coming up on the Romans in the yeah, plane. Yeah, misdirect. Yeah. Uh, and then send a force through the opening in the wall to catch them unaware from the side. So keep in mind, you've got 60,000 troops versus 250,000. So they've got enough of a force to do a proper assault on this side and still- Yeah, they can split it. Yeah. They can split it half, but still twice our number. Yeah. The total of the enemy, yeah. They would attempt this in the day with the hope that Vercingetorix would see the attempt, uh, the attempt from, the out, uh, from inside the walls and attack from within as well. Being the day, he did see it and sent his forces out, ending up with the Romans being attacked from three sides. The Gallic forces moving in through the gap in the wall would turtle up. It's a menage a trois attack. It is a menage. Well, there's four people, four groups, because you've got three Gallics and the Romans. Yeah, but the attackers are the menage a trois. Mm. Well, there you go. Yeah, so the Gallic forces moving in through the gap in the wall would turtle up. So like we talked about before, putting the shields up around Mm -hmm. them to make a defensive Mm -hmm. tank and started slowly climbing the hill. The battlefield was hell, as you might imagine, with the Romans holding their own against the Gallic forces, with blades flying every direction and blood, piss and shit spurting everywhere. Yes, that is part of the official account, is that there was blood and human excrement everywhere. Yeah, right. Caesar, sensing the danger they were in, and with the defences of the Romans weakening despite their holding their own, would enter the battle himself, 
Keeping in mind, he wrote this account, so he may not have actually done this. It said that he wore a red cloak while on horseback and was instrumental in coordinating the defensive effort. So, yeah, I mean, it is 60,000 people against what is now a 300,000 force mm-hmm. with the, the um, Gauls on the inside of the wall as well. They're starting to crumble. Yeah. Um, and the, the offensive up through the gap in the wall kind of worked really well um, because obviously you, you're kind of penning them in now. Mm-hmm. They can't really do anything. Caesar would spot the situation in the hole in the wall, though, and would, descend to, uh, would decide to send his cavalry outside the wall to circle around and attack the turtle of men from the rear. So he's gone, right, send them north through the interior of the wall and then out around the back and get them from behind. If the attacking Gallic soldiers could smash their way through the Roman lines before the cavalry approached from the rear, they might actually win this battle. And with that, probably the entire war because they would take Caesar out and they would take out 60,000 Roman troops. Yep. That's not how it turned out though. As the cavalry eventually came up behind them, hacking at the soldiers as they fought their way through, the Gauls, sensing that their only direction of retreat was now a meat grinder, understandably began shooting brown pellets into their undies and freaked the heck out. The fear would spread throughout the Gallic forces and the bloodbath would continue with the Gaul line falling. The narrow gap in the wall would become a death funnel, with the men between the Roman lines all being slaughtered. The sight of this would spread the fear through the other Gallic forces that were outside and inside the wall and would also squeeze out uh, and so those Gallic forces would also squeeze out some brown mist <laughs> with the Roman sol- uh, with no Roman soldiers giving their backs a shave. Oh, what? What? I don't know what the hell I was going for there. I think I was trying to say, but with now the Roman soldiers giving their backs a shave, like coming at them with the blades. Yeah, right. But they got stabby ones, not slashy ones. Yeah, it was super early when I wrote this on, okay. sat- on Saturday. So right. <laughs> I don't know what I was going for. Um, but yeah, event- essentially what I was trying to get at was the Gallic forces freaked out and ran away. Yep. So, yeah, everyone outside the walls just the Romans just went, their backs. Yeah. Um, the Romans had won. So they took a 60,000-strong force against a 300,000-strong force, mm-hmm. and they were trapped between them, and they still managed to win. Caesar had won the battle, and with such a decisive victory, the entire war. Vercingetorix would put on his best clothes and ride out to surrender to Caesar. Get his head chopped off. No. Ooh. He did this to avoid the death of more of his men and Caesar would be surprisingly lenient to the Gallic fighters, having gained respect for them. In doing so, though, Vercingetorix had condemned himself to six years in in prison, followed by being forced to be in a parade to celebrate Caesar's victory, which had been delayed by six years due to a civil war. So he he spends six years in prison. Yeah, okay. And then at the end of it, they're like, all right, out you come, and they parade him through the streets of Rome. Like, here's this guy that we defeated. Yep. Look how dumb he looks. Done, sir. Then, in 46 BC, Vercingetorix would be ceremoniously strangled to death. Ceremoniously? Mm. How does that go? Well, it's part of the event. Like, the, they parade him through town and then yep. strangle him to death. <laughs> what a way to go. That's terrible. And that, my dear boy, is the Battle of Alicia. Yeah, nice. I feel like we could do a sequel to this one with the Battle of Thermopolis. Thermopolis? Mm. What's that one? That's what the 300 movie's based on. Oh, okay. The 300 Spartans against Mm. the overwhelming. Let's do it. Not next week, but sometime. Sounds very similar. Yeah. Yeah. But like what an insane battle. Like you rock up on this walled city and you're like, let's siege it by building three massive trenches and a wall. Oh, and also a wall behind us as well. But that last section, how long did that last, like the actual battle last for? Like a couple of days? Yeah, I think it was like a day and a half maybe. But the build up to that would have been 
months with yeah. all the walls and Would have sieges. Been weeks of and then just up at least. A couple of days, yeah. it's all over. Yeah. Well, you think like there was a 30 day supply of food in there. So they must have stretched that a bit. But this probably all took place actually within a month. Yeah, right. Okay, I just assumed it would have taken a while to get yeah. all that wall. And- you would have thought so, but yeah, apparently not. Um, but just to have the thought of like, let's build another wall behind us mm-hmm. because you can sort of tell what's coming. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty impressive too. So where's, where did you say this was taking place modern day? Uh, it was in France. In um, France. So is, this, yeah. is any of this still there if we were to get on Google Maps and- There's a little s- bit of- See remnants of walls- no. Okay. So there's a little bit of conjecture about where this actually took place. Sure. Um, nobody's 100% sure of where it is. Like they've got theories, but um, no, there's nothing left. Okay. Uh, they have built like reconstructions of what the um, what the wall and the trenches look like um, to kind of like give you a sense of what it was like. Um, yeah. Cool. That's a good story. Yeah, but this is one of those like it ended the war with the Gauls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of what cemented Caesar as- the tactical genius that he was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, impressive stuff. Oh, you mean, when you, yeah, I just assumed Caesar wasn't actually there, but- Caesar was actually known for going to battle. Yeah, right. You know, he would be there as part of it. That's why he was- That's how he met Cleopatra. He mm-hmm. went down to Egypt, Egypt for some reason and then kind of hung out. <laughs> Did his own Gaul battle technique getting naked and- <laughs> I'd like to fight you, Cleopatra. <laughs> It's a mummy and daddy wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. Bit of a shorter one because um, that went faster than I thought. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic story. Yeah. Not one I've ever heard of before. Obviously heard of the Gauls and the Romans, but I've never, yeah. never heard of this battle before. That's, that's really interesting. Mm. Really good. I enjoyed it. Mm. Anyway, um, I and guess that wraps it up. I did do, I did, I did do a little- Fact checking. Oh yeah. Asterix is a gore. Okay. From the comics or graphic novels, if you want to call them. Okay. Mm. So not real. No, I used to read uh, okay. Asterix all the time. Right. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Little spicy tidbit at the end. A little bit of production. Yep. Um, so yeah, next week or next fortnight. It's the Christmas special. Yes, well it'll be out what, five days before Christmas, so that'll be yes. our Christmas special. It is Again, me to do the theme one. <laughs> it's four in a row now. Four, four specials in a row. Yep. It uh, it just so happens that they have fallen for you with the little breaks and stuff that we've had. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, looking forward to that. I've um, got me. I've got me topic. I know what I'm going to do. It yeah. is Christmas themed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So cool. not Santa Claus. Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus. Cramp. Crampsmas. Oh, Krampus. Oh, Krampus snout. That's right. Now I'm remembering all those things we said last year. Um, yeah, yeah, but that makes uh, that will be in a fortnight's time. Yeah. Uh, if you liked this episode, um, or even if you didn't, hit us up on uh, at Cheeky Tales Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we post some supplemental images there. Did you say even if you didn't, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> even if you didn't like it, give us a follow. Sure, uh, and share us around with your friends. It'd be great uh, to get some of our episodes out to people that haven't heard them yet. Um, apparently, we're gaining. A lot of popularity in uh, Southeast Asia, which is nice. Well, you've said we've had a, f- a few new- A few new followers. So. Followers, so shout out to them. Thanks for following. Yep. Uh, s- spread along- Good to hear from you. The message of the Cheeky Tales. Mm, the message of the <laughs> Cheeky Tales. Have you heard of Cheeky Tales? Um, yeah, but uh, I guess that wraps it up for this week. I 
we'll see you in a fortnight, listeners. I'll see you before then, John. Probably. <laughs> a good night. Oh, yeah, but we forgot <laughs> to introduce ourselves again. <laughs> no point now. But, uh, yeah, it's it seems weird not saying good night because it's the middle of the day here. Just so, say good night anyway. Good night. It's just a thing now. Good night. Good night. No yawns. No yawns. Well, because it's midday. <laughs> <laughs>